Welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. In this episode, Adam's off to the oldest operating theatre in London to find out about the history of medicine. Plus, we're making our very own magic potions too. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. This week, Adam's stepping back in time, and up quite a few stairs, to the oldest operating theatre and Herb Garrett near London Bridge. Hi, I am Dr. Monica Walker and I am the engagement manager at the All Operating Theatre Museum in Herb Garrett. Well, it's an original space um, that used to be part of Holston Thomas's Hospital. It actually holds the second oldest operating theatre in the world. Um, oldest one that is gender specific um, because it was just for women. The men had their own uh, on the other side of the hospital. Uh, but the actual operating theatre was built on a space that had an even longer standing um, history as a Herb Garrett um, to drink herbs so the apothecary St. Thomas's could make medicines. So the space is dedicated to the history of medicine as it is represented through um, all St. Thomas's hospital uh, when it was on this site um, in London Bridge from like the 13th, actually from the 12th century all the way until 1862. And it's an absolutely fantastic space. You do events for kids here as well. What are some of the things that you've got coming up? Oh, something that we're going to be I'm very excited um, for half terms and of course during the summer holidays we have events for kids we do workshops and some of them um, have crazy things like make your own skeleton like and try to cure him you know and let's learn about bones uh, we have pomander making you know idea that in the past miasma was um, how diseases were transmitted through bad smells so to contrast you will make a little ball with something that smells really good so we get kids to dry herbs and use the herbs that smell really good to put their own little bag so they can take it with them um, and it's a lot of fun to get them to use the mortar and pestles and the herbs to just make something that smells delicious mine's always smell like Christmas <laughs> I think mine would too <laughs> this place is so beautiful and I'm going to have such a hard time explaining it to you honestly there are so many amazing specimens to see you can wander around and basically see what the beginning of medicine looked like one of my favourite things there I think though were the the little potion section it looks like something out of a video game where you can kind of wander in and look at all of the different dried herbs that they've got there lots of things stored in bottles with very elaborate looking labels but i'm here to see one thing in particular and it's the first part of this location's name the oldest operating theater We're just about to wander in mm-hmm. to a very special room here. Just before we do, we're kind of standing in the doorway, just before I peek around the corner mm-hmm. and we go in there. Tell me some of the things that I should look out for. Tell me what I'm going to see. Wow. Well, can I paint a scene to you? Yeah. Like before you go inside, so that you, once you stop inside, you imagine it even better. So once you go inside, um, you're going to go through one of the side doors, which will have been the door that the actual surgeon will have used when he entered into the space. By the time that he got inside, he will grab his very, very bloody apron, um, which will be filled with blood and pus from previous operations, um, so that he will wear it. The blood meant that he was a very experienced surgeon. 
a white apron meant, is this your first operation? Um, the patient will already be in the operating table. I will tell you more about that one later because it's very special. That's the one thing to really look out for. Um, then as he enters into the space, he will have like uh, five rows of um, standings uh, where a lot of students who have been, about 120 of them, all of them will be wearing their Victorian garments, so with the cravats and all of them very fancy, right? Some of them will be smoking pipes and cigars because that's what you do when you come to an operating theater. Some will have their notebooks out, getting ready to take notes about what's going to happen in the operating theater. I mean, they're students. Everything that they have to learn is by observation. We don't have Netflix. We don't have TV. We don't have, like, video cameras. They, everything has to be done by observation. And the idea of the theater is, like, the easiest way for a lot of people to have uninterrupted lines of sight to what's happening at the center, which is where the patient is going to be located. Um, the students will be loud. Um, everything. Some of them will be eating oysters, very cheap, you know. So just before the operation, they'll have like the little oyster dishes, um, and it'll be this, this, uh, the noise would be really, really loud. Um, the surgeon will be there with the four of his assistants, which were called dressers, um, and the patient will be already ready. Um, in our operating theater, is only for women. Um, because she was part of the women's wards. So it would be always a woman in the center wearing her um, surgical gown. And of course, um, she would be blindfolded. She wandered in. She was wandering. The kids can actually wow. use it. <laughs> Gosh. So there is a, a bloody apron right in the door. There's also a small, small saw. Yes. Doesn't bode well, I think. <laughs> And so this is, uh, I mean, it's literally like a Mm theatre. There are rows of uh, seats and railings where people would sit and stand and watch. And there is, in the middle, a uh, rather rickety-looking wooden operating table. Definitely. It's one of my favourite objects in the museum uh, because a lot of times people have a misconception about about it. when people come here, the, it looks like a very small, very low operating table. So everybody goes, ooh, people in the Victorian era were very short. I mean, everybody probably thinking about Queen Victoria, right? She was very short. But you have people of all heights and you know different types of, of body types, right? Um, and the operating table was not there to cater to the patient, but to help and aid the surgeon in the procedures. Um, so it is fit for purpose. Um, and there are like different reasons for that. They're only possible to have three operations here. You can have a trepanation, so somebody, you know, hits you in the head, you can have a hole drilled into your head, you know, that would have saved your life, you know. Um, then you can have lithotomies, mm, removal of bladder stones. They're very painful, and if it stops you from peeing, it can kill you. So this was also an operation that you could do. Um, and then you also had any sort of external kind of limb amputations. So fingers, legs, arms, um, even tumors like you know breast cancer would have been treated here as well. But anything that was outside of or trunk. There was no internal surgery. They had had no access to it because the patient throughout the procedure would be awake and aware. And of course, blood loss was a very big issue. Also, um, not just blood loss, but, you know, when you have trauma from being in the space, shock can actually, you know, might kill you. Um, And then, of course, infection was the thing that really, really, really got people. Not the operations, because... 
if there's one thing that is very important to understand about our space, as horrible as all of this sounds, and I know it does, because you will feel everything, um, is the fact that they stand for hope. These operations are the last ditch effort of the surgeons to save someone's life. Um, those that actually died, for the most part, it was because of the infection. And if people want to find out more and they want to visit, where's the best place that they can do that? Um, our website. Um, you'll find all the information there, um, not just um, or how to visit us. We're only open to the public from Thursday to Sunday from 10.30 till 5. Last admission, 4.15. Um, you can pre-book or you can just show up at the door and you will get your tickets. Um, and it's a lot of fun to be able to visit us. Sometimes we'll have um, living history happen in the space. This summer holiday, we're going to have our herbal woman um, from the 19th century who'll be here talking to kids um, about what it was to, you know, find herbs and how to make medicines um, in the Victorian era. So that would be on, a, on like every Thursday during the summer holidays. So it might be a lot of fun to stop by then. That's pretty cool, right? Thanks to Adam. Uh, you can find out more about the oldest operating theatre by searching for it. Now, if all that talk of potions and tinctures piqued your interest... How about we make one of our own? Wow, I was so inspired by Adam's visit to the Herb Garret. It really is like a big potions workshop, isn't it? So I thought we'd step from the world of science into the world of magic. I have such a good idea. Shall we make a potion together? Young wizards and witches, gather around. Close your eyes and imagine you're standing in a colourful and inviting kitchen. You're wearing a wizard hat and standing beside a large cauldron. Oh, this is so exciting, isn't it? Now, let's open our eyes and get ready to create our very own potion. And lucky for us, I have a very special recipe book in my hands, labelled Potions and Spells. Ooh, let's find out the perfect potion for our adventure. Ah, here it is, the Potion of Gleaming Stars. This potion will illuminate the darkest of nights with its enchanting light. Are you ready to start? Let's gather our ingredients. So some of these have some really magical names. So don't worry, I'll translate them for you. We need moonstone powder. That's glitter, by the way. Unicorn tears, which is blue food colouring to you and I. Stardust, which is coloured sand. Wizard water, or just water. A jar and a wand, but you can use a torch if you want. Remember, potions require precision and care, so listen closely to the instructions. Quarter fill the jar with stardust, sand, and moonstone powder, glitter. Pop the lid on your jar and shake it so it's all combined, and then reopen the jar and fill it with wizard water. Then don't forget to add some unicorn tears, blue food colouring. Now it's time for the most important ingredient, the magical incantation. Repeat after me. Hocus pocus, shimmer and shine, turn this brew into something divine. Take a deep breath. Say it with me. Hocus pocus, shimmer and shine, turn this brew into something divine. Well done, young witches and wizards. The potion of gleaming stars is complete. 
Hold up your bottle of the completed potion of gleaming stars and smile with pride. Use a torch to illuminate the bottom and watch as all the glitter and sand swirls around in the light. How relaxing is that? That sounds super relaxing. Thanks so much to Georgia for that. And just like that, we are done. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to anytime. If you want more suggestions of stuff to do, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. It was produced and edited by Adam Stoner. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids every weekday from 4pm. See you soon. See you soon.